This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. It's Reaction Monday as Chris Thomason joins me to break down the Broncos' loss to the New York Jets. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, Broncos Reaction Edition. I am your host, Chris Schmedeke, and we got plenty to unpack, so I am joined by Chris Thomason. Chris, how are you doing today? Hey, doing fine. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, Chris. So, like I said, there's a lot to unpack with this game. Uh, Broncos follow the Jets 31-21 at home. Broncos dropped to 1-4, and four, uh, have not won at home yet this season, even though they had three pretty winnable games at home. Sean Payton era, not off to a great start, we'll just say. So, first, Chris, I just want to ask you, you're in that locker room every day. You're in that locker room yesterday. It has to be pretty down. Yeah, it's just a case of kind of the, the same old. I mean, at every home game this season, we've been hearing the same refrain that we can't finish games or we play just one good half, whether it might be offensively or defensively. And then you couple that with all the Hackett stuff, the Nathaniel Hackett stuff, and uh, you see the Jets going wild on their sideline and hugging the former coach. And it all kind of stems back to Sean Payton's comments in July, which uh, served as quite an unnecessary distraction for this game. Yeah, it was the, a, a very emotional uh, game between one between two, one and three teams. Like it was there, there was a lot of emotion in that game. You could see it. So let's talk about the whole Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett thing a little bit. Um, you know, we've talked about his comments before that he said in July it was the worst coaching job and all this. So Nathaniel Hackett's offense, like the one thing that Jets had going for them was Brees Hall, and they were going to be able to run the ball. And the Broncos did not seem to be interested in stopping that at all. Was that just bad scheme? Was the I mean, is it Vance Joseph again? Is it just that they were just the Jets were just better? Well, that's certainly been a bugaboo against the run the last couple of weeks, uh, three weeks in a row. I mean, it really started when the Dolphins ran for 350 yards two weeks earlier. Nobody really pinpointed in the Broncos locker room any exact reasons, although Justin Simmons said losing DJ Jones in the first half with a knee injury certainly played a factor. And I agree with that because that the Jets went wild in the run game. They had 150 or so yards rushing in the second half and DJ Jones wasn't out there, but overall you would have thought the defense would be stronger. And it was for the first half. I mean, the Broncos got back Justin Simmons. He'd missed two games due to injury. They got back Josie Jewell, who had missed one game due to injury and a bulk of another. They got back Frank Clark, although he only played 11 plays after missing three games and uh, got back Mike Purcell. So uh, Purcell, you know, did what he could when uh, Jones went out. So the defense was better for a half. There's no doubt they were solid in the first half, but then they like the proverbial finger in the dike. It all just uh, came unleashed in the second half. So, you know, there, there's a lot of Sean Payton talk now, and you know he he has an ego. He's you know he runs his ship the way he wants to run his ship, and there's a lot of talk of if this actually works in the modern NFL. And I mean, I know you see him every day, and you don't want to say too much and all that, but 
you know, is there is this team really responding to him? I guess is my question. Well, for starters on the Hackett thing, I mean, he said the day after that he was going to reach out to Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett. And Hackett said in his press conference last week that he never heard a word from from him. So, I mean, Sean Payton could have done way more damage control than he did, and he should have reached out to Hackett. And he, he never even would mention Hackett's name leading into the game. And even after the game, when I asked him about this saga and he pretty much just said Robert Sala and his staff. I mean, he wouldn't say anything about Hackett uh, specifically. So that was interesting. That whole situation could have been handled better after everything went crazy in July with the USA Today interview. But uh, back to Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously his position is solid. I mean, uh, they he said I'd be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs well that's probably not going to happen but uh, he probably has come to the realization that this is a much bigger rebuilding project than he had imagined it would be are the Broncos though kind of stuck in the middle though with the rebuilding stuff because now the trade deadline's in a couple weeks and we can talk about that in a minute but they've got big money players on this team and they're I mean, the only winless team now in the league is Carolina, I think. So, but, you know, they're heading for a top five pick unless something really changes. So, you know, do they, they, they have a $250 million quarterback still, which, so, I mean, what, where are, I mean, they are, are they kind of stuck in the middle? Well, it's key that you mentioned that they have their first round pick. So unless they were to trade it, it'll be, they haven't had one the last two years. So that's a big benefit and uh i mean the next three games they've got the chiefs twice and they've got the packers and that's before the trade deadline so unless something crazy happens in in a terms of a turnaround i mean i would think uh there'll be sellers at the trade deadline they got some high-priced guys who might not factor into the team's future i mean Cortland sutton has a huge contract number next season and he's not putting up great numbers jerry judy's got a big number next season but you know he's still you can get more in a trade for him but he still i think has a he has a higher ceiling than Cortland sutton so maybe you want to hang on to him but you know frank clark we mentioned they've already ridded themselves of randy gregory and uh frank clark he only played 11 snaps uh yesterday so who knows he's another guy that could be on the trading block so we'll just have to see i can't imagine frank clark's thrilled with being here i I don't i don't know if he may regret that signing a little bit yeah i mean uh we'll have to see (laughs) we'll have to see what he says this week he's going back to kansas city and his first interview he gave when he came to denver was oh there was no rivalry. We didn't consider it a rivalry with the Broncos when we were with the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, have won 15 games in a row in the series. You admire Frank Clark for his honesty, but that'll be interesting to see You know what he says this week as he goes back to Kansas City where he won two Super Bowl rings and he's with a team now pretty much going nowhere. So let's talk offense a little bit. Uh, you know, Completely no-showed for most of the second half. I think, I think they had one yard or something like that going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, 
Jaleel McLaughlin continues to be the the strange one to me because you know you had one one of the stories we had today about how what he touched the ball five times in the second half or, or not even that many what how many times four carries in the second half one catch he had five carries for 60 yards I believe at halftime he only got four more touches in the second half and he had two catches for 23 yards and a 12-yard touchdown in the first half and then one catch for minimal yardage in this maybe eight yards in the second half yeah and Sean Payton did say after the game that he kind of blamed himself for getting away from the running game but you kind of wonder what is it going to take for Julia McLaughlin to get 10 carries in a game I mean the week before he had seven for uh, roughly 72 yards against Chicago and now Javante Williams is out and he still can't get 10 carries so uh that is rather interesting. Yeah, I mean, they only had 22 as a team, and seven of those were Russ. So, I mean, they did – but it's weird that they did abandon the running game because they weren't really down – I mean, they were down 24-13. But that was the only time they were really down by more than one score. And they just – I don't know. Like, was it just a bad offensive game plan in the second half? I mean, nothing seemed to work. Yeah, and then they resorted to trickery with the double reverse, yeah. which when they really didn't have to. I mean, uh, that was an odd play call. You had uh, Samaji uh, P. Ryan pitching the ball on a double yeah. reverse. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of technical things that went on in that play, and that just didn't seem very necessary. And that was a key lost fumble for him there. It almost seems like Mims expected him to hand it off to him. And not pitch it. Well, he said after the game, the design was for a flip. That's the ah. word he used was was flip. So, uh, I mean, they obviously worked on it in practice. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure he expected whatever they worked on for that to happen. The problem was, and Samaje did take the blame, that he threw it high. Okay, okay. So um, a little bit, um, and I'm sure you saw this at the game. I, I, it was definitely uh, on TV. Is Peyton got on Russ pretty good about that fumble at the end? Do you think there's anything there? Or is that just coach quarterback stuff? You know, um, I'm sure that will come up more later. But I mean, part of it, I'm sure, is a coach who was. Uh, I mean, that lost the game. The game was over, and here's a coach who. Uh, just suffered a devastating loss because he pretty much has a lot of egg on his face with the comments he made about Hackett. And then Hackett comes in and his offense gets 407 yards in the win. So I'm sure a lot of that was just, you know, Peyton just infuriated that he lost this game. So, you know, they're not going to be making any, you know, a lot of calling for Vance Joseph's job continues on social media. They're not going to do anything this week. I mean, they're playing in four days. But do you think if they get embarrassed on Thursday night, which is a possibility, I mean, the Chiefs are 10 and a half point favorites as of this morning, that number could go up. You know, are there changes when they have those 10 days off? We'll have to see, obviously. I mean, uh, there's a trade deadline, and uh, obviously that's a fixed date where they have to potentially move players. Uh, there's obviously no fixed date on coaching changes i mean we'll just have to uh, evaluate it and uh you know i mean what's in sean payton's head regarding that i i can't really say but uh at least after the miami debacle 
there's been some flashes of good defense played. I mean, they played well in the second half at Chicago, played well in the first half uh, against the Jets, and uh, it's just kind of mystifying how they can't put a full half to a full game together, or at least a you know for two thirds or three quarters of a game of good defense. It's it's crazy to think that they're a twenty one point comeback. <laughs> if they don't do that, they're zero and five, and they lose to the. I mean, it, th- things are not great. Um. So any uh, you talked about DJ Jones getting hurt. Any other big injuries out of the game? Uh, not that I'm really aware of at this juncture, but it's a short week, and sometimes guys get banged up, and they. Uh, play through it and then you know they're hurt the next day and they might not have enough time to recover so the interesting thing is later today we'll get an estimated injury report because uh the broncos have to put one out in advance of thursday's game i want to flip back to hackett real quick um i understand his players rallying around him and all that but the notion that the i know you were you know you weren't covering the team last year but the notion that the Broncos kind of did him dirty, I don't understand because he was four and eleven and the team was a mess. Um, so, I mean, I know kind of players say that and they kind of use that as a rallying point, but you know, from what you've known and what you've seen and heard, like you don't think the Broncos really did hack it dirty in any sense, do you? Well, yeah. Again, I wasn't here last year. I mean, they let him go. Certainly paid off the bulk of his contract and the guy who was ripping him sean payton of course wasn't around last year so yeah but uh you know players and teams are going to do that they're looking for all the motivation that they can looking for bulletin board material and they'll twist things around if needed and uh i mean you've seen the videos of the jets before the game and you know (laughs) you gave me the ball yeah, using it as a rally cry. And uh, I mean, it all stems back to uh, July. There was absolutely no reason to um, for Peyton to make those comments. And uh, he actually got a little fortunate, one would think, heading into the game because he didn't have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers was quite active on social yeah. media yesterday trumpeting up Hackett's win. Uh, can you imagine if there, there was a healthy Aaron Rodgers going mm. against that Broncos defense uh, yesterday? So Peyton, you know, lucked out. He didn't have to face Rodgers, and it still was bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw some people say they probably – the Jets could have put up 50 if Rodgers was playing, and they were probably right because, they, they, I mean, there were some guys open in the passing game. Wilson just didn't hit them. And um, – all right, so let's flip the switch to uh, flip the script to the Chiefs, who they play in four days at Arrowhead, a place that even the best Bronco teams have not had success. Like I said earlier, Chiefs are ten and a half point favorites. The Broncos have lost fifteen straight to the Chiefs. Not a lot of positives going in this game, Chris. Do you see any? Uh, can I let? Can I think about it for three days? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll let no. you know. But yeah, they've lost fifteen straight to Kansas City. I believe the NFL record for most consecutive losses to one foe is 20. The Buffalo Bills yes. never beat never beat the Miami Dolphins throughout the entire 1970s. So, um, you know, if need be, uh, in about two years, I'll be uh, calling up members of those Bills and Dolphins teams. But, uh, yeah, they have the Chiefs twice in the next three weeks. And uh, 
it's going to be very difficult for that streak to uh, be stopped shy of 17. Is there a recipe for the Broncos if they actually decide to commit to the run where they just keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand? Well, you're saying commit to the run. Is that a recipe the Broncos could do? Yeah. You mean try to mount a running game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Peyton wants to do. I mean, in the first half, Sunday, it looked exactly like Peyton's blueprint for what he wanted to do. Keep the ball on the ground and, uh, you know, with some timely passes. And they're up 13 to 8 at half. It should have been more if Marvin Mims doesn't muff that pump punt which gave an easy field goal and wilson got tensional grounding in the end zone so that was five points right there for the for the jets but yeah it looked like what peyton wanted to do um in the first half and then he by his own admission got away from it in the second half i mean sure they'll try but you're going (laughs) against a different caliber team kansas city than the new york jets so if Mahomes is going up and down the field and they're way behind in the second half. So much for the running game. Okay. My last question about the chiefs is, uh, will you seek out an interview with Taylor Swift? (laughs) (laughs) She has not returned any of my texts. Okay. All right. Well, she wasn't at the Minnesota game yesterday, I guess, but, um, I feel like she will probably be there in Kansas city on Thursday night. Um, so the whole Amazon prime audience can see her and, you know, and I'm sure I don't know if she'll be seeing a good game. I don't think we'll we'll be that way. All right, Chris. Uh, thanks for coming on with me. Uh, make sure everybody subscribes to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Make sure to read Chris's stuff, uh, the reaction, all the stuff from last night's game. And then uh, Sean Payton talks in about half an hour or so. He probably won't say much. That's why we record before then. But uh, Chris, any stories you've got upcoming that you want to plug? Well, uh, I've got an interesting one coming up in a few days, but I'll just wait until uh, our readers see it in a few days. So how does that sound? (laughs) There's the ultimate tease from Chris there. All right, Chris, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll probably talk Friday after the Thursday game. And, uh, yeah, look for all your stuff on denvergazette.com, and we will talk to you later this week. Great. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.